0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: And we're back here on Inside Black and Go. And, uh, yeah... Still without a Steve Geller. I'm Jeff Nowak. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. And as promised, we're going to get into the question, what else is out there at the quarterback position? And so I went through this morning and I kind of broke it down into tiers of, are you going for the top of the market? Are you going for the middle of the market? Are you going for upside? Are you going for trade? Are you going for the draft? Right? And even doing that, This is a rough picture of free agent quarterbacks, man. There are some guys who, you know, I'll put them in certain areas, but it's like, okay, Lamar Jackson is obviously a tier one option. He's likely going to get franchised. Like I would be stunned if he doesn't get franchised. I don't expect him to sign an extension because I don't expect the Ravens to give him whatever it would take, five years, 200 million something dollars. So what happens there? Are you able to trade for him? So I have him in the tier one free agent QBs, but he's more likely a trade option. Because I don't see the Ravens letting him walk for nothing. And then it's like, how much are they going to ask for? Like, are you going to have to pay three, four first round picks to get this guy? Because if that's the case, then it does become really difficult. And I I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the market's going to be for him. I don't know how disgruntled he is. I don't know how much the team is upset about him basically just saying, I'm hurt, I am not playing in the playoffs, when the team probably felt like, you know, I mean, for example, just look look at Pat Mahomes. You know, obviously Lamar was dealing with a knee injury, Pat was dealing with an ankle injury, but like that's an injury that we've seen keep guys out for months. Mike Thomas has never been the same since a high ankle injury, right? Like the fact that he was able to play through that is more it says more about Pat Mahomes than anything else because I guarantee you he was in excruciating pain <laughs> for a lot of the time, and maybe they were able to, to make it so he couldn't feel his lower body. But either way, that's not what Lamar Jackson did. And you and I, I don't think he should have felt obligated to go out there and put a knee brace on it like Mike Vick said and, and, and try to sort it out. But if you're a team and you're saying, man, that was the playoff game that we had to start Tyler Huntley and we probably had a chance to win if we had Lamar Jackson. Lamar freaking Jackson, action Jackson, And uh, yeah, we had to try to make it work with Tyler Huntley and and we lost a very close game that we allowed a 99-yard fumble return for a touchdown. That wouldn't sit well with me if I was a front office. So, I mean, are you going to expect him to come back and play a season on a franchise tag after not being willing to go out there and risk it for the playoffs? Playoffs. Because I wouldn't. And so, like, it becomes awkward. And A team like the Falcons would make a lot of sense with the way they run their offense. I think the Saints would make a lot of sense with the way they run their offense, but the Falcons will have a lot more attractive options to give. So that's the problem if you're the Saints, I think, is you go into it and you know that you probably can't offer the best package. So you not only would have to give up a lot, you would have to give up a lot plus having to sweeten it above like the Falcons can give the top 10 pick. The Saints can't do that, right? The 29 is not going to entice people when there's the number nine on the table, right? So you would have to give up a lot of picks behind that to match up the value. And that becomes difficult. So if it's a situation where there just aren't a lot of spitters, maybe, but beyond that, I find it really difficult to see a scenario where the Saints can find enough assets to actually go get Lamar. So I'm going to kind of eliminate him from this list for now. And we're going to go through it and talk about some of the other quarterbacks available. And, you know, you look at, like, so, so I would put tier one and, and keep in mind, like, I, I am aware that this is probably tier three of the quarterbacks in the NFL, but this is tier one of the free agents. And so you would probably put Lamar Jackson in his own tier in that regard. But I'm keeping him on this line for now because, like I said, I, it's, it's kind of confusing. Beyond that, Derek Carr, I would argue, is the top free agent quarterback. So, like, if you're the Saints and you're saying, we want to bring in the top guy, he is the top guy, in my opinion. Because the other guys you're looking at, Geno Smith, while he was solid, I mean, he's still Geno Smith. He was a good quarterback this season, but he's not a guy who you're like, man, I got to bring him in. And the Seahawks, and if he is available, it means the Seahawks the team that he starred for this year and made the pro bowl with said, you know what? We're going to go with somebody else. (laughs) So what does that say to you? Now the Seahawks may bring him back, but are you going to bring him back on like a four year, $120 million deal? Because if that's the case, man, you're not getting a discount for Geno Smith anymore. And it becomes a much more difficult conversation, right? When he was the guy taken over for Russell Wilson with no expectations, fine, now you're looking at Geno Smith saying, Well, we need you to throw for 4,000 yards. We need you to go win games because we're paying you to do it. We can't build a roster around you the way we could when you were making this much, right? So that becomes complicated. And so, like, I would say no to Geno Smith if the number on the table was five mil or like five years, 120, 150 million, because that's what I think it's going to be. So that's tough. Daniel Jones, a guy who I doubt the Giants are going to let him get away. This is a team that. I think really feels like it has momentum and you are not going to sacrifice that in that market, a market that is desperate for a winning football team and has the money to support it is finally has a winner to look at. And you're not going to try to start fresh with another quarterback. Cause you're not gonna be able to draft one. Right? So I think if you're the giants, you just kind of have to pay Daniel Jones, whatever he wants. Cause Daniel Jones is going to want to stay. And the Giants are going to want Daniel Jones to stay. So the only thing that might happen is a team comes and just blows him out of the water with a deal. But that would have to be like a $40 million annual deal. So again, are you going to pay the same level of money for Daniel Jones as you would for Derek Carr anyway just to bring in Daniel Jones? I don't think so. I think you would go for Derek Carr in that scenario. It's complicated, but like it doesn't make sense. And this is why this, this market is very difficult to kind of gauge and why trading a third-round pick for a guy who was going to be a free agent makes a lot of sense because when you look at the numbers, these are going to just keep climbing. And then you're going to be in a bidding war for Derek Carr, a guy who a lot of people were like, meh, (laughs) you know, he has zero playoff wins. He's only been to the playoffs twice. He's lost both times. That's tough. That's tough. I don't know, man. (laughs) But yeah, so that's it. That's my tier one. That's pretty weak, huh? So now we can go to Tier 2. Now, one of the Tier 2 quarterbacks is not even a free agent. He's just an option, and he's on the Saints, and it's Jameis Winston. Um, and you, the more you look at this, the more you feel like, man, I think Jameis Winston might be the best option, but I just, it just feels like, to me, you've already burned that bridge, and I just don't see it. I don't see how you do a 180 and you're like, yeah, Jameis, you're going to be our quarterback again. Like If you're Jameis, how can you possibly trust that coaching staff, first of all? Like, I guess you're under contract, so if they want to keep you around, you don't really have a choice. But at the same time, man, that's going to be a tough conversation in my opinion. I don't know how you would pull that off. But he's right there in tier two. And the other tier two guy, the guy who I think is a realistic option for the Saints at this point, is Jimmy Garoppolo. And the reason is I think his market's going to be a lot lower. I think you're going to be able to get him for a lot less guaranteed money. So if you do strike out on Derek Carr, it does make sense for you to kind of go back and see, okay, Jimmy, what can we get done here? Can we get something done on a two-year $36 million deal? You know, can we, can we figure something out? Not a sexy option. Not someone that's going to get you particularly excited, but he has a track record of winning. He's won playoff games. He's been to a Super Bowl. That's helpful. And, and like, I'm not holding the fact that Jameis was on bad teams against him, right? Like, that's not what I'm doing. But at the same time, there is value in experience, and getting to a Super Bowl is valuable experience. Understanding how to win in the playoffs is a skill set of its own, and you have to get there to learn that. That's why when I say Derek Carr doesn't have a playoff win, and that bothers me, when you're talking about paying a guy $40 million a year, that's it. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, I would argue, is not as good of a quarterback as Derek Carr. He has been in... Much better situations. But, I mean, understanding how to win games is a skill set. And Jimmy Garoppolo has that. So, in that sense, I I would not hate Jimmy Garoppolo. He feels like Andy Dalton, like, three years removed. Like, he he feels like a guy who, when he's 35, will be Andy Dalton. But right now, I think he does have a little bit more upside. And and so like you're talking about like 31, Derek Carr is 31, Andy Dalton's 35, James is 29. So either way, like you're not talking about young guys, you're not you're not talking about high profile guys. You were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, you were talking about Jameis Winston on this tier, and uh, that's that should scare you because that's tier two, tier three. And now there's some interesting names here that I could see the Saints going with, but it would really take them striking out in multiple different areas, right? So tier 3 to me, Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and then yes, Andy Dalton. And the question to me would be would you prefer Andy Dalton or Teddy Bridgewater? And I think you would you would you would prefer Teddy. I would prefer Teddy. Not because he has a ton of upside beyond being the guy that we know he was, but at least it's fun. At least it's a fun storyline, right? You can bring Teddy back, the guy who was supposed to be the starter back then. It's like it's the reason I thought he was going to be the quarterback this year. I did a long YouTube video saying, I think Teddy's going to be the guy you bring in, and he ended up signing with the Dolphins. But I still think Teddy would make a good fit in this offense. But again, you're looking at it, and you're like, wow, that's not an exciting option, and I agree with you. <laughs> it's not an exciting option. There's no exciting options here. Baker Mayfield, I think, could be a guy, but again, you're talking about a cast-off, right? You're talking about quarterbacks that have just been thrown aside from their from the teams that drafted them, from the teams that signed them, from the teams that traded for them. Like, clearly, not someone who has impressed as he showed up at organizations. So, you know, like that's where the Saints are right now. They're considering, man, maybe we can figure it out with Baker Mayfield. Maybe we can figure it out with Andy Dalton. Maybe we can figure it out with. Teddy Bridgewater and it's just not a happy scenario to be in. And that's why you go back to man, Derek Carr would 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 sound like a great option when your alternative is Teddy Bridgewater. And that's it. That's essentially the, you know, you, you have other guys, you have guys like Case Keenum, you, but like these are not quarterbacks that you're gonna that you're gonna sign as starters. These are quarterbacks that you're gonna sign as a backup. Kind of like you signed Andy Dalton last year, right? Like they're guys who you could understand and feasibly see starting a game if if it came down to it. But these are not guys that you're going that you're going to sign to start. So we're not going to name them. <laughs> the other guys trade options. Now, these are intriguing but at the same time like it's really difficult to pull off a trade for a quarterback in the NFL, especially when teams like the Packers are saying we don't want to trade so and so within the NFC that makes it a lot more difficult, right? Cuz Aaron Rodgers is a guy who I could see the Saints looking at. I could see the Saints kicking the tires on, but I think the Packers are very invested in not trading him in the NFC, so that becomes difficult. Mac Jones are the, Pac- are the Patriots really out on Mac Jones? Are they going to go Bailey Zappi? Because if that's the case, I think Mac Jones would make sense in this offense.
0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage
1: match limited by state law. Again, I don't know. It's tough to gauge because Mac Jones is their starter. And I don't know how much they like Bailey Zappi, but that would be a really interesting, that would be a really tough move if they trade Mac Jones and then Billy Zappi shits the bed, and all of a sudden you're like, well, we should have kept that guy. Like, I don't think Bill Belichick wants to be in that situation. So that's a tough sell to me. Ryan Tannehill. Now, the only thing working against Ryan Tannehill being available for trade is how awful, awful, awful Malik Willis looked as a starting quarterback. And, you know, maybe Josh Dobbs has done enough to like get, get some run at, at quarterback, but. I don't know how much they're sold on Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill, you're talking about paying a guy, Ryan Tannehill would be remarkably expensive too, I think he's due about $36 million next year, so you're not getting a discount there either, and that's the common theme here, is no matter who you bring in, it doesn't feel like you're getting much of a discount, unless you bring in a guy who you don't feel like has the stealing to win a playoff game, <laughs> and, and I don't know, I, I wouldn't want that either. The final one again. We're back to the Packers and Jordan Love. If the Packers do decide to stick with Aaron Rodgers, how long do you let Jordan Love sit on the bench? Like, do do you let Jordan Love get to be get to free agency without having seen him start? Because that's tough. I don't know how you do that. I mean, he was a first round pick, and I would expect him to be the guy. Like, that's the thing. If you're the Packers, you got to figure something out. Whether it's Aaron or Jordan, you got to move one of them. And it would feel really weird to see them trade the young guy over the over the old guy. But the old guy happens to be a perennial MVP candidate, even if he's a little wacko, right? So that's that's where you are in there. But yeah, that's, that's the trade market. I, I don't know who else would be out there, but it doesn't feel like there's much more beyond that. Like maybe a Tyler Huntley, right? He did make the Pro Bowl, but that doesn't mean he's good. And then the other quarterbacks that I could see the Saints going with, right? Like, so if you are going to sign Andy Dalton, I think you do need to get a high value developmental guy in the draft because he has to be a bridge to something. You're not bringing in 36-year-old Andy Dalton as your long-term answer, so you gotta start that process. And so, a guy who I think is intriguing, and I expect to drop. Like, he's getting way too much love in this process right now. I think he's going to fall down the draft board as the process goes. Is Anthony Richardson? Like, he is a project that has somehow risen to top 10 like draft projection status, and. I just, I don't buy it, guys. I, I do not buy it. I think he's going to go to the combine. People are going to get a look at how he how he reads stuff. And <laughs> and, I, and I think you're going to have a hard time selling teams on a top 10 status there. That said, if he gets to the teens, if he gets to like 18, 19, 20, and the Saints do like his projection, maybe you do trade up. Maybe you do go get him, right? So I don't think that he is, like, I think a lot of people are ruling him out for the Saints, and I do think it's a little premature to do that. I think that that there is a chance that he is available in a range that the Saints can go get him. Now, that's not going to be in the top 10. Saints do not have the ammunition to climb up in the top 10. And if they did use that ammunition, I think people would lose their minds after like the trades from last year and the Marcus Davenport trade and, and all this. I think people would have a really hard time getting on board with that. All that said... If you're going to trade in the top 10, it better be for a quarterback, and that's what this case would be. So maybe you find a way to go get him. Either way, like I think he's worth looking at. Like A guy like Will Levis I don't think is worth taking the time to look at because you're not getting up high enough to get him. I think Anthony Richardson could fall down the boards enough that you could bring him in and have him be a developmental guy and you have a chance at him. So he's the top, top target on my board in terms of realistic draft targets, and he would have to be that first-round pick, and you would probably have to trade up for him. Beyond him, Tanner McKee, I don't really know much about Tanner McKee. I didn't watch a lot of Pac-12 games last year. I didn't get to see any Stanford games. So all of my understanding of Tanner McKee is based on kind of highlight tapes and and whatnot. So I don't don't know. I, I honestly couldn't tell you high or low on whether Tanner McKee is going to be a good NFL quarterback or not. That said, he is getting a lot of love in the mid to late first round, right? So there's a chance that the Saints go out to the combine, they sit down with him, they like him, they bring him in. He was not at the senior bowl. So they're not getting that kind of advantage. They don't know. They have not really gotten the chance to scout him in these events quite yet. But there's plenty of time to do that. There's plenty of time for him to either rise or fall. And maybe he is a guy that you, that you like. Stanford, the, the Saints traditionally have liked Stanford guys, right? But that was more of a Sean Payton connection than anything else. Sean Payton worked with David Shaw, the former Stanford head coach back with the Philadelphia Eagles and I think that's where that connection came in right and you ended up with Andres Pete, you ended up with Paulson and Debo. I don't know how much that connection would thrive now. David Shaw is not the coach of the Stanford Cardinal anymore. So that's going to be that's going to be interesting to watch, but Tanner McKee is a guy and then obviously yes, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee, but I think he's a very de- developmental guy. Like I don't think that he's a guy who you would expect to start like if you are using Andy Dalton as a bridge. I think you wouldn't want a guy who is more NFL ready than Hendon Hooker. If you get Derek Carr, a guy who you're probably going to have to be committed to for two, three years at minimum, then a Hendon Hooker to be makes sense. Cause I think he's a couple of years away guys. I don't think he's going to be ready to start week 14, right? He's going to look like Malik Willis look this year. If you put him in there, like he's not going to be ready. And, The thing that I hate is watching teams ruin young players' confidence by throwing them in too early. And that's what the Titans did in Malik Willis. That's what happens all the time is what happened to Sam Darnold. It's what happened to Baker. It's what happened to Josh Rosen, right? Like, it happens all the time. Like, Zach Wilson wasn't a guaranteed bust in the NFL until the Jets got a hold of him, right? Like, they just don't They just – they're just great at ruining quarterbacks. Same with Sam Darnold. And so, like, that's where I want to see the Saints do better. And so, if you do have Andy Dalton as a bridge – for Hendon Hooker, I think you're seeing Andy Dalton start 17 games next year. And that's scary to me. But I think that's where you land. So you're going to learn a lot over the next month or so. A lot of this is going to change. I'm interested to see how the draft status, how the kind of mock draft sphere kind of fluctuates. Because I think you're going to have Bryce Young, CJ Stroud at the top. And I don't think that's moving. But I think, like I said, I think you could see Anthony Richardson fall down. I think you could see Tanner McKee fall down. I think you could see Hendon Hooker fall down. And it's going to come down to the draft. It's going to come down to some of these, these pro days. And, uh, and we're going to get a better idea. But that's where it is. Like You look at all these options. And you're like, man, Derek Carr sure looks a lot better than I thought he did. Because there's just not much out there. And so, again, and this is kind of where we started. The Saints were not able to trade for Derek Carr. They wanted to. They were not able to do it. But I still think that they're going to push hard to bring him in. And it's just going to be a question of whether they're going to be able to find enough money in the couch cushions to be competitive with teams like the Jets, the Falcons, you know, all those. And so what would benefit the Saints is if they did enough in this visit to make Derek Carr want to be in New Orleans. And if they did, maybe maybe they'll be able to keep that market a little, a little lower. But as we've seen, and as I mentioned with Tim Younger, Derek Carr is aging, uh He's proven pretty effective at, at getting getting pretty big deals. But all right, let's wrap that segment up there, and then I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts on the officiating from the Super Bowl, and uh, I want to get them off my chest. It's going to be a short segment, but we're going to get we're going to, we're going to get into it. So, uh, so get ready, strap in. This is Inside Lucky.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.